It's April 8th, 2010, and this is the Idle Thumbs Podcast, Episode 5. And I'm Chris Remo. I'm Steve Gaynor. And I'm Jake Rodkin. And it's April 8th. <laughs> and it's April 8th, 2010, and this is the Idle Thumbs yeah. Podcast, Episode oh, 5. Wow, I'm sounds st- like a good I'm one. still Chris Remo, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, you know who I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> And we went to PAX. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Or at least Jake and I did. Yeah. yeah. Steve, PAX East. Steve decided that he hates both of us, so he, mm. didn't, he didn't want to associate with... I think that's probably the best thing to blame me hating on for me not going to PAX. <laughs> Chris and I? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it, at least they're kind of local targets. It's not like I hate our fans, video games, Boston. Well, what you hate, you hate the Red Sox. Uh, are they from Boston? Yeah. It's April 8th, 2010, and this is the Idle Thumbs Podcast, Episode 5. I am being judged right now by Steve Gaynor. And I'm Chris Remo. And I'm judging Jake Rodkin. And I'm Jake Rodkin. (laughs) And I'm Chris Remo still. (laughs) No, no, no. What? What? No. We got to stop at me. See, we did you. you? I'm Jake Rodkin. Ah. And we went to PAX. Jake and Chris went to PAX. (laughs) Two two of the three previously heard face... (laughs) <laughs> Two or three previously heard face. Yes. Oh God. All right. Talk heard good. face. Here, Goldblum. Here goes starting face. over again. What? We don't need to do that. Oh, we, were we do. Set. Yeah, that's true. Awful people. It's April eighth, twenty ten, and this is the Idle Thumbs Podcast, episode five. And I'm Chris Remo. I'm Steve Gaynor. And I'm Jake Rodkin. And we're here to talk to you about video and computer games. And. And expos. And expos. Hmm. We you might, you might call this podcast an expose. Uh, hey, we went to the Penny Arcade Expo <laughs> East. <laughs> All right, that's cool. Jake How was it? To it? Yeah, because I didn't go to it. No, you didn't, Steve. You would have hated it. They had video games um, mm. and computer games oh, mm. and people sort of talking about and playing them. Did they have other stuff, too? Uh, there were some board games. Oh, uh. yeah, you're right. It's a good thing I didn't go. Yeah, you hate all of those all things. All those things are what Steve despises. Yeah. This podcast is self-flagellation. For it ha- it had it. people who made a Bioshock game there. Wait, who? What? So you'd hate them. Yeah. Man. Yep. Well, I, I hope you guys had a good time. I did. Knowing that I was in, indulging in things that Steve Gaynor hates mm-hmm. makes me happy. <laughs> so it was a pretty good weekend. Just kind of in, to, to spite me. Yeah. Yeah. It mm-hmm. was pretty much just, you know, we kept seeing cool thing after cool thing and being like, oh man, Steve would hate this shit. So <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could enhance your enjoyment of this special. No, event. I don't know. PAX was cool. It, I, Chris and I, have, we both went to the thing, Seattle one, the real one. Yeah. Whoa. Last year. Or yeah. For the last couple last years, few guess, years. Yeah. And you can tell that this is the first time that they did one in Boston because it was, it seemed like a lot more people showed up than they were expecting to show yeah. up. Oh, really? I mean, there were more more people there than at any of the Seattle ones. 
yeah huh. and in a smaller venue but i they, guess there are more big cities closer to boston i think there are there's there also are more up demand there's more east coast dudes who have not had a dorky game convention to go to ever. Yeah. uh so you could tell that this, the show floor felt a little empty like if you like uh antech cases and patriot memory they were <laughs> right. on the show floor uh and that's what oh, those, you, you meant there weren't enough exhibitors yeah i mean oh, it's, okay. it seemed like i thought you meant empty of the people you were just saying there were no no it, it's, yeah, it, it seemed people. like compared to compared to the level that that pax west coast has gotten to which is almost like all the major publishers yeah all the, the major publishers part. show up at this yeah. show i the floor was open to some guys who probably usually wouldn't go right. to the space but it, it gave the impression that next year it'll be a pretty ridiculous thing and there were a number of indie guys on the on the show floor. yeah that was, was a really cool, cool thing is that dudes yeah could get a floor yeah we we actually played a fair amount of uh, one of the games that was surprisingly good i thought was uh, joe danger joe danger yeah. yeah yeah i checked that out at gdc i didn't actually play it but uh it yeah. looked really nice yeah and, cool. and it looked like it could be a lot of fun yeah it, it, it looked like uh what was i thinking it, it took like... sight bike and little big planet but also kind of rad racer a little well i mean I, it's honestly like, the most direct comparison i think is trials in terms trials? of stuff that's available yeah, right that, now that, that is what i was really? thinking was yeah. it looks kind of like a cross between excite bike and trials yeah, hd that's basically but what it the, is the level creation stuff is straight up little big planet though yeah you, but in terms i didn't of even the core know there was any level of the game, i mean that's stuff. that's i guess yeah. core mechanics is totally trials and excite bike but yeah and that's what but then I you mean, can also build your own tracks yeah. and stuff like it's, little big Planet. it's very little big planet where there huh. you've just got the motorcycle guy and you press you press a button and it sort of uh like you know like the camera pulls out one level and then you can suddenly start dropping blocks and cars and switch tracks in and uh it seems to have community infrastructure to like little big planet it's really the the uh, what platform is it for um ps3 right now I think and it's I think ps3 and pc or is it just PSN right I now? I think technically, I think it's one of those cases where they're developing it for a few systems and are officially... It's just whatever like, licensing and whatever, releases exactly. they can work out, it'll yeah, come out for. Exactly, they confirmed yeah. PSN at PAX, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the level editing stuff is great. You can... Um, I forget how sim how exactly similar Little Big Planet is to this because I haven't done it in a while. But, you know, you can have your guy flying through the air and then pause it and put a ramp right under where you can see he's about to land and then press start and you're immediately like in real time back to where you yeah. were so you can i mean it's it's a it's an incredibly cool level of um of real time editing no matter what and the, situation you're yeah, in anytime the, the different stuff they were demoing in terms of uh the different objectives that you can author into a level of you know i mean it's all various uh tony hawk or i, I guess kind of trialsy stuff of like collector chain of stars or yeah collect the word danger or hit these targets or run a thing in a certain period of time but the thing that i thought was nice was that you can have multiple objectives going on at the same time that was yeah. the thing that i thought was really uh cool and what we had one big difference to trials i mean it's a side-scrolling game like trials but there are three levels of depth like little big planet kind of yeah and uh, except more, uh, they're kind of more discreetly obvious in this. They game are like because the three tracks names. of an excite yeah, bike track, exactly, but you yeah. can switch between them. Yeah. So the the demo that the guy had was a, a level that they had authored where, at the beginning, if you if you end up going left, you'll hit the first coin uh, in the coin objective, and then you sort of end up racing through that track. But then you have to keep staying on the correct switches to to collect the coin achievement. But then if you go back and click through the same level again, you can go a different direction. Yeah, there were just there were different four. objectives. I thought yeah. that was nice. It is it really made, cool. It made me pleased. Yep. I also like racing a bike with <laughs> physics huh. and going on a loop. Huh. I like all those things. I mean, the, they're all fun things. Visually, it looked really nice. I mean, it, it had like this nice, very yeah. bright. It looks uh, like a super pretty excite bike, basically. Yeah, yeah, but it has a really nice, just sort of welcoming aesthetic. Yep. I like the style. 
It's pretty. Who makes it or is making it? Some dudes in the UK who quit jobs at bigger game industry things, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yes. I That's forget cool. what they're called, but it's it's a new team. You know, it's a small yeah, yeah. indie new dude team. I guess I was wondering where they were from, and they're from the UK. They're so the United guys. Kingdom. And yeah, it is. it seems like guys who came from AAA developers and decided, we'll make a thing. Yeah. And they made a motorcycle game. <laughs> they did that. With motorcycles. Sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what else we did. Uh, I played Crackdown 2 when I was there, but... What I, happened? It was How fine. Was it? I don't know. They they had Whoa. they had the multiplayer mode on display, which is mm. just not what I care about at all. I mean, the multiplayer co-op is fun, but they had like just straight up deathmatch, oh. which was just... It was fine. I mean, you run around and you can climb up things and shoot at guys and jump around. Sweet. But it's, I mean... I but it's know. not about exploration and stuff. Yeah, like there's what nothing, like none for. of the actual stuff I enjoyed about Crackdown is really exists in a round-based deathmatch. Yeah. So... That sucks. It was not my favorite way to experience that game, but I guess they wanted something that they could quickly get people in, yeah. have them do a, you know, timed or right. point-based thing and then get them out. Yeah. But... Have, have you uh, played it at all aside from that? No, this is my only, mm. my only exposure to it, yeah. I mean, how's, how was the feel and stuff? It felt fine. It felt basically like Crackdown. Um, nice. Surprisingly Probably similar, good. considering the fact that it's a different team. And uh, Well, it has, it has a number of the same people, though, right? Yeah, but it's a different studio, and it was kind of... It seems like there was a bit of acrimony between... Well, it's... <laughs> like, Microsoft basically owns the license to it. Yeah. And wanted real time worlds to do a sequel and real time worlds was like, oh we can't do it right now. We're we we're pretty much all hands on deck on APB, so you know, we'll do it we'll do it we'll do it in a little bit. And Microsoft's like, nope, we need it now. We're going to set up this new studio like just next to you. We're gonna set up Crackdown two games. They're gonna do it. Uh, yeah, so the new the new studio is Ruffian Games and I it's got some people from Real Time Worlds and a bunch of new people who didn't come from Real Time Worlds and I it seems like it's a bit of a touchy subject because I interviewed one of the guys from Ruffian and he didn't seem to want to talk about that. Uh, I don't know. I don't think there's been a lot of contact between the two studios, so it's it's kind of an odd thing. I'm I'm looking forward to playing it, but it I don't really I the stuff they allowed us to play was not worthless. It was just <laughs> it was it was not what I uh, good work, Jake. So much care about in Cragnet. Right yeah. So I mean, were, were were you playing that stuff in the same like city that the single player game will take place in? Yeah, stuff? I think I think the way they do the multiplayer levels is they're just gated off sections of yeah. the city. I think it's like works. with gates, you know, with like big, force fields, big invisible force field walls. Yeah. Mm. Uh, how do you, I mean, did the city seem like it was well built and stuff like that? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's it it was like just a big shipyard with a bunch of crates and stuff. So <laughs> oh, was, good. Yeah. It was, oh, all right. You know, that sounds compelling. Yeah. Cool. Great. I don't. We had we an played, idle thumbs get oh, we, together. Oh, we did. We did that. We can yes. talk about that. We I'm totally looking could. at the fucking fruits of that get together right now. <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, on this table where we're recording. There's a a plush puffin. A plush puffin. Puffin. <laughs> a plush puffin, which uh, <laughs> is decked out in wizard garb. Yeah, amazingly, this uh, is true. Yes, he um, showed up. This was given to us at the at the meet by. Uh, one of the Idle Thumbs listeners who, on the forum, if you are a forum member, goes by Soul Chicken. And uh, he apparently saw... He was at a convenience store or something, I guess, and saw this, this stuffed puffin and also saw... Like, Jake, did you did you understand what he was saying? There it was sounded like, like he also saw a wizard outfit for the puffin nearby. Was it intended for the puffin? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know weird... if it was intended for the puffin or the, for some were, other toy. Yeah, they were purchased separately. The, the costume and the puffin were not... 
they were not bought as one unfortunately unit. no one has yet manufactured an official wizard puffin <laughs> yeah well this one looks pretty official i know it, does, it I mean, does look the like final product together. is convincing yeah yeah but yeah the meat was fun i would say there are i don't know 40 something people in their total over yeah. the course of the evening yeah we cool enjoyably filled up half of a some pub that wasn't quite expecting us to do that even though we warned them ahead yeah. of time <laughs> we well because well, when i made the reservation i was like oh you know 15 20 people like you know 40 people yeah it was good One hundred thousand people they, i think actually towards the end of the night they stopped letting people in because we had filled up the the place good like people were in fact i think some people actually left so that other people could come in it was so a thumbs happened. takeover. Yeah, we fucking took over. Hostile uh, takeover of I don't some what it was pub. Called. But it was fun. It was a good some time. Pub. The wizard's uh, wizard lair. The wizard. I think yes. it was. It was actually the the puffin and the wizard. Hmm. So the puffin and wizard. Yeah. The puffin yeah. and wizard. Yeah, yeah. The wizard and wand. That's probably a thing from a thing that I don't know. Whatever. I'm not cool. Or I'm I'm that wasn't cool. a reference. I'm just bullshitting. It sounds like you were referencing something. Well, he wasn't owned so you guys loved pax the most it was fun it was a good time cool it's good maybe i'll go next year <laughs> steve is shaking his head <laughs> the readers couldn't hear it but they know now they know uh, jake you... and i played a lot of marble madness sadly <laughs> oh yeah didn't you say the guy who made the music for marble madness hung out with you as well or something no uh, what mark, no, that... mark cerny who, no, who created marble madness oh, okay like created. randomly well, cause, okay so jake and what? i played a bunch of marble madness at because PAX. you had never played marble madness. i had never played it before and then we became accidentally addicted to it over the yeah, weekend yeah 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 did you play it with the trackball and everything no, no it was it was, it was the NES version we kept going oh, okay we were looking for something to do because we we wanted to go to some panel on game audio or something and it was uh it was full Completely and then yeah. the next room over was retro game free play so yeah we checked out Marble Madness because the guy's like, "Oh, we got Marble Madness," and then, uh, and then I remember that that game was really <laughs> That's what the guy fun. was like, "We got Marble Madness." Oh, uh, we got Marble Madness. <laughs> yeah, he said, "We got Marble Madness," and then uh, like smoke started billowing up under the table, and then we were in the Marble World. Nice. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I should have gone to PAX. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fucking crazy. It's like when we went to California Extreme and well, you spent eighty percent of the time playing, playing clacks. Yeah, <laughs> that game is fucking it was fucking. It was actually very similar to that, uh, but. Except hey, you, yeah. fuck you, Steve. That's you what can play for. that shit on a PSP. I or a, or a goddamn really? whatever. Yeah, they they released that thing in a bunch of collections. Well, I don't. It want was to just buy hilarious. It. You paid you paid thirty bucks or fifty or whatever <laughs> to go to that thing, and then you just played clacks for like six hours. Clacks, clacks. You, you were playing games for six hours. Yeah, all of them. I played some of them. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we might have flown to Boston to play a solid <laughs> three, four, five hours of Marvel Madness. It wasn't fucking five hours because they kick you off. You're right. After it was like it was okay. Minutes. It was two hours. Yeah, we probably Marvel played Madness. about an hour and a half, two hours of Marvel Madness. Yeah. Good work. Over the course of three days, though. So then you met the master of Marvel Madness. Yeah, well, because we, we were and we were commenting world. when we were at PAX, we were commenting how cool the music was, and I got really interested in it and uh, found some of it on YouTube later. And then I and then I was like back in my office the day after coming back. And Mark Cerny, who I recognized by sight as the guy who created Marble Madness, like just showed up Weird. in our office for some random reason. He had a meeting or something. <laughs> and you're like, oh, man, I just played Marble Madness. <laughs> and I was wondering. Well, yeah. And so I talked. He's a super, super nice guy. And uh, we talked for a while. And he was saying that the, there was two guys who did the music. And it actually took them six months to make the music just for the first two tracks because they had to figure out like I, how to do it on the whatever like, the hardware. Yeah. yeah, hardware. Yeah. 
Um, but it's music, really good music. The music of the first two levels, yeah, the especially, two is like the most the badass stuff. Yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't place it, but I will listen to it if you remind me. Yeah, you'd be pleased. The second level is like. Pretty good. That's also the music from Sonic the Hedgehog. I, one of those. Um, but it's a fun game, and Mark Cerny's some sort cool. of marble zone, actually. Weird. Anyway. Um, yes. So PAX was fun. Oh, the other thing that... Sorry, I'm going to say one more thing about right, PAX. Do it. Is we, we played a little bit in the pre- PC free play area as well. Just oh, this, oh, TF2. At, yeah, at, well, just... I'm not, I don't want to talk about TF2, but at previous PAXs, there have been enough things on the floor that I... You know, or just events going on that I never bothered to go over to the yeah to the gaming free play areas. Right. But going to uh, going to that PC free play was probably the first time that I've been in a LAN environment in a Many billion years. Yeah. billion years. <laughs> yeah, LANs are fucking fun. It's really yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, they are. It's that's all. Rem- a reminder to me that LANs are good. Fact. That was fun. It was a good time. Um, I think that's all that I had to say about that. We've done a little bit of LAN gaming at the office. We played uh, an irrational classic SWAT 4 land nice. style. Yeah. That shit's fun. <laughs> uh, because it's all about like teamwork and it's really kind of, I don't know, simmy and a little bit clunky and stuff. So, you know, you can get into those sort of classic situations of a encounter spiraling out of control and you all just go crazy and start spraying bullets everywhere. Right. And doing that like where you can hear Oh, guys yeah. in the same room is the best yep. yes that is the best the thing that was that's weird about or that was weird about the pax one though is that it was the first time that i'd been at a land in a long time where i didn't know everyone like oh, i mean yeah. I've, oh, I've, right. like i've played tf at work oh, right. but this was the first time in a while where like you, a land party yeah you say thing, some yeah. stupid shit out loud uh and then you look over and two computers away is the guy that you just blew away who you don't really know yeah, yeah. it's really enjoyable well, huh? you don't know at all well you don't <laughs> know at all but i mean Ed Pax, uh, it was, I think, the last time. Oh, maybe you weren't there. Maybe it was just Doug and I. We were playing, uh, and TF2 had calmed down because they started transitioning the PC free play over to other areas. So there were just mm-hmm. basically a few rows in the back of people who had been playing that game. So, But none of us realized it until about halfway through the match. Then we all sort of started looking around. and There was no one else there. <laughs> no, just everyone who was, who was yelling all the stupid bullshit into microphones that you always yell when you play over the internet. I was like, wait. And then someone just said, uh, who, who's playing on the server? Please put up your hands. And it was just like, <laughs> like, oh, okay, I guess I'm, I guess we're all, we can all see each other. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that is a weird thing. I, it was yeah. weird. It was good. Yeah. I haven't so had You all just kind of got creeped time. out and just yeah. stood up slowly and left. <laughs> just, oh. Or you just finished the entire rest of the game, not saying a single right. word <laughs> in silence, hunched over your screen. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It was good. Games. Them. <laughs> Those games. Yeah. That's them games That's that them. I've heard so much about. Okay. <laughs> the video <laughs> games. Stop. Stop. Silence. Uh, <laughs> one video game that came out this week mm. that I I have uh, you played one put a couple hours into so far not not tons of time but is uh, Plain Sight, which is a uh, a multiplayer PC game based on little robots with swords that jump around and blow themselves up uh, in space in, in space. space with and this is the best part for me, uh, relative gravity. So, you know, it's got that Mario Galaxy style thing where you can jump around from, like, body to body, you know, like structure to yeah, structure. Weird orbs and Yeah, things. in and out crazy of gravity. Crazy abstract spaces. And gra- yeah. I mean, crazy abstract 
constructions right. floating in space. But yeah. unlike Mario Galaxy, you can't fucking fall off and die. So yeah, no, it's true. You can never die just by you that. Hovering yeah. around weird things and then there's some levels dudes. of Mario Galaxy where you can't fall off. Right? That's true. But the worst parts of Mario Galaxy are the parts where there's stupid where you can break arbit- arbitrary platforming and then just yeah. die for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that sucks. Uh, this game does not does not feature that, which is nice. Um, and you can start doing really cool stuff where you like the, the way the game works is you can you kill your enemy by hitting them with a sword in close combat and you do that by locking onto them and then boosting towards them and so hmm. you can get you sounds can, like it's right up your alley it is it's right up my alley boosting and jumping so uh boost. boost uh you can you can start doing cool things with with the combination of the jumping and the locking on so you're a robot you are a robot <laughs> where you can uh, you can jump around and lock onto people and use that as momentum to fly through the air in a in a like a, uh, much longer distances than you can just by jumping it's it's really awesome and fun sweet and it was uh a couple of the people who worked on it are uh Our... uk thumbs idle thumbs crew yeah members so, so by cool. playing this game you're supporting some idle thumbs people <laughs> yeah. maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that makes it a good. Also, your decision. robots flying around in space, sorting each other. So yeah. on top kind of, of a red hot chili peppers tape. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for some reason, one of the levels is set on like one of the CTF levels is set on like two cassette tapes. Are they both red hot chili peppers? Oh, it's probably because it's the red team base. It's probably why it says red hot oh, chili peppers. Oh yeah, I don't know what the blue. The one other one says. probably says blue, blue oyster, oyster cult. cult. Yeah. yeah, that'll be my guess. All right. That makes some amount of sense. Riddle anyway. solved. Oh man! But yeah, they're they're two cassette tapes floating in space with so, like the ribbon coming pretty, out of them, and pretty, you can jump around. It's uh, a pretty indie it. game, like small studio. But uh, most of the budget went into licensing those band names and putting them on those cassettes. <laughs> yep. uh, they needed that high profile. Yeah, need the need the brand association. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was I was watching you play. Chris and it looked really nice graphically. I mean, I liked yeah, like clean. you like it, robots. Well, it's one of those it's one of those games. There's a few of them like. Uh, there's that one freaking uh, Quake 2 mod I can't think of, but it's another kind of thing where you jump around and leave a trail behind yourself. Uh, that I can't remember. Tron. <laughs> you wish. No, but anyway, you, you're, you're flying through space and you have all this like air control and it leaves a trail behind yourself. So when you're just observing the world, you see all these kind of yeah. uh, interwoven right. you know, abstract lines that are uh floating in the air and it's it's really neat looking i like that in plain sight all that stuff is aesthetically cool but it's it's less noticeable in ctf but when it's uh sort of free-for-all deathmatch the point of that stuff is so you can find other players because in third person you know the little robots disappear but well that's actually super useful in ctf because when someone steals your flag oh does their color change you need you what happens is you can see their tra- like if if blue team steals red flag, you see the solid blue trail from the blue player, and then a sparkly red trail from the red flag. Oh, that's cool. So it's actually really necessary. Yeah, I, I like yeah. I like that stuff in the deathmatch as well because the more people you've killed, the more the more power you or the the more valuable you are. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, you cash out by killing yourself. So you see the the lame guys have the sort of the the cooler colors, and the more powerful guys have the uh, more bright, hot, burning ones. So if you see a trail. Somewhere on a level that is intense, you can follow it and find a dude and yeah, murder him. A large dude, yeah, because you grow physically also as you... Oh, oh you, really? Did you play the dinosaur mode? No, I didn't. There's some mode where one guy's a giant dinosaur and everyone else are small. I've seen screenshots of that. Ones. Yeah. So, that's good. It's a fun game. It's a dinosaur and a, video game. and a robot. <laughs> it's on uh, Steam and Impulse and all the other download services, basically. Although it has... I think it actually has Steam integration. Yeah, it so has the achievements and everything stuff. are all Steam-based. Yeah. 
it seems like it seems like if you are into just sort of like outright pure movement mechanics, it's very yep. If you like exciting. jumping around yep. and robots, if, if you're me, well, but I mean, <laughs> there's jumping is... around and then there's like this crazy abstract it has the sort flying, of like soaring floating, stuff, yeah. Yeah. you know, spinning all this crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's got all the cool stuff you can like do, a, right? Where you it's got all the cool stuff you can do well all the stuff that comes along with relative gravity and at its best like just miss the ground deliberately so that you swing around to the other side right, so you get the acceleration get the slingshot yeah. yeah exactly there's all i mean it's one of those things where that basic mechanic opens up a lot of secondary movement mechanics that flow out of it and i love stuff like that cool so, it's cool it's the plainest site it is the it is the plainest of all sites games are we done talking for right now? Yeah, we can take a break. Okay. Video game! The list of games discussed is Joe Danger, Crackdown 2, Marble Madness, Clax, SWAT Force, and Plain Sight. So, SWAT 4, SWAT four. not SWAT four. 4. Sorry, I don't know games. SWAT 4, the number 4? Yep. Yeah. Are there 1, 2, and 3 as well? Yep. Are they all bi-irrational? No, no, just 4. They just made that one? It's, it's Police Quest SWAT. I think it was Police Quest SWAT 1 and 2, and then just straight up SWAT SWAT 3, three and then SWAT 4. Crazy. That's funny that it started off as a police quest game. Yep, it started off as like the tactical spin-off of the right. game series. Yeah. Crazy. Well, not quite. Really? Yeah, Police Quest SWAT 1 was an FMV game. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and, and then, and then yeah. SWAT 2 was isometric. SWAT 3D. But yeah, it's SWAT. Yeah, it's SWAT 4. SWAT 4000. Not, not SWAT Force. I don't know games. I thought it was a force. Yeah. I thought well. it was a police force. No, it's a police quest. It's a police uh, quest SWAT Force 4. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because it's like Modern Warfare. It's police Modern War quest Force. SWAT Modern Force, War Force 4. 4. Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy 2, Jedi Jedis. Uh, 4 Force. 4 SWATs. <laughs> Team SWAT. Ford Force. Star it's sponsored Wars. by Ford. By Ford? It's Ford. <laughs> you ride around SWAT in a Taurus. SWAT Ford Ford Force? SWAT Ford Four. Force 4. <laughs> oh, man. Taurus how guys, LE. How you guys doing? <laughs> doing okay. It's good. It's I was just good. playing some uh, SWAT Ford Force 4 the other day. Oh, yeah? You know, yeah. How was it? Did, did, did it have good Ford physics on yeah, the Ford physics truck? are pretty good, yeah. They've got... It's the like, forward Ford physics. Of, for, the, yeah, exactly. The forward force applied to the Ford Oh, pretty good. the Ford physics forces. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Ford physics forward force. They've got four forces acting on, you know, because it's four wheels, so... Yeah. Four Ford forward physics forces are operating simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> what horrible um it's just for fun yeah i know <laughs> it is a fun game yeah 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 all those forces mm. well the four of them four of them four yeah. discrete forces yeah forward forces all right operating on your ford <laughs> focus mm. what else you guys been doing or playing this week oh, or you know, video last games. two weeks lots of weeks more starcraft 2 mm-hmm yep yeah I picked, um... Steve's <laughs> gonna head this one off yep, the pass. Kill it. I, I, play, I, I picked, uh... Grand Theft Auto 4 Lost and Damned back up. Um, Did I've, you beat it? I had already beaten it, but I had also... Did you I'd win also, it? Yeah, I won it. Uh, That's all I care about. <laughs> but they, the high score. The, the reason that that was played instead of, like, the base game or whatever is because in Lost and Damned they introduced uh, multiplayer co-op mode where you can play with, I think, I don't know, up to four people, something like that, and, uh... The game just gives you random missions uh, that you can just do, you know, and, and basically an infinite stream. And so it's like 
you and your friends spawn in and it's lost and damn. So you're like, oh, yeah, didn't we play whatever. some of this? I think yeah, we, we did, might actually, have a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And, uh, and they give you just random objectives, like their armored cars driving around, right, go yeah. rob them yeah, or whatever. And, um, the reason I mention it is because yes, it's fun and it's cool. People should play it. Uh, That's it's, good. it's really nice to have like <laughs> objectives in co-op. Because uh, you know, in, in GTA Four base game, it's like get in and fuck around and do nothing or competitive. You know, um, but the, the there was an interesting sort of like emergent strategy that that uh, became clear just when me and one other person were playing because. Basically, some of the objectives you get are static and you can put like your little objective marker on it and it draws a line to it. That's like the best way to get there. But some of them are like guys that are driving around the city and you can't like the objective marker can't move. So if you put it somewhere, the guy keeps driving and now your right. little line isn't isn't uh, fucking uh, accurate anymore. And so it's hard to track those guys. Um, but the the strategy that kind of arose is like you get in a car or on a bike and your friend gets in with you. So they're just sitting in the car with you and they open up the, the map, you know, on the pause screen and just stay in that mode and constantly update the objective to be tracking the guy while the other person drives. So you had a navigator. Yeah. It was like, it was like one of those sort of, you know, RTS slash, you know, 3d action games where like somebody, you know, like a battlefield, two and stuff like that where like right. one guy is the commander and they basically spend the whole game in the tactical map and then everybody else is playing so you in unlocked, real time you, know? you unlocked gta 4 secret mission commander class yeah it was it was really interesting because it was like one person is looking at this high level awesome, abstraction yeah. of the gameplay and you're kind of you're you, both vocally with you know the the voice chat stuff and by updating the objective marker you're guiding the driver to the spot and then when you see you're getting near your objective you back out of the map screen so that you can like so you, you can, know shoot the guy or right, whatever yeah, yeah so it was it was really interesting and it was a lot of fun that's cool yeah did you drive the car or use the map we traded off uh, it was fun both ways good it was cool uh so i did that <laughs> sweet sweet video good. games yeah 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 mm. yeah games yeah i've been doing doing more of making them this last couple of weeks than playing them unfortunately Anything exciting Just, on that front? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. It's I, I touched an editor. Nice, yeah. Yeah. I input some I was using some, some video game creation tools. Objects, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's not good. good to talk about on a podcast, though. It could be, but not right now. No. What about you, Chris? God, want to tell, tell us about StarCraft 2? <laughs> <laughs> um, I could talk for like one minute about StarCraft 2. I hear you. You went further up the ladder. Well, uh, Depends how you look at it. Nick and I have moved up to a higher ladder, the gold ladder, but we are hovering around the bottom of this ladder now. Were you, uh, Nick, pleased by the fact that you are on gold ladder? <laughs> well, I don't think we actually ever looked at it in the way that you probably mean. Jeff yeah. game gold ladder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ladder fold. Yeah, it never actually occurred to us. All to right, well, honest. now it has, so yeah. you better play that the fuck up. Yeah, what happened was Blizzard reset the entire Battle.net structure a week ago to test what it was the like the battle net gold ladder yeah all the ladders and uh so we when we play when we did our placement matches we placed into gold this time nice and so we're like oh man run gold great because we were on silver before yeah and so the so problem is great gold it was a great gold uh mm. great gold gold ladder. ladder um i'm uh, done now what thanks jake uh we have this wizard puffin on the table <laughs> <laughs> It's just egging you on. Yeah. It's like memes. Memes. Say them! It's a wizard. It's casting that. Yeah, it's casting. It's casting meme. A pod. It's yes. Meme bath. Yeah. Meme pod. Cone of meme. That's true. Um, so, uh, 
So yeah, we, we placed into the Gold League and we were kind of excited about that at first until we played several days in a row where we just got our asses beat. And every time we would move up a little bit, we would immediately lose like two games in a row and go back down again. And uh, it's been it's been fucking hard. But we actually in the last two days have won most of the games we played and we're now starting the slow trek up the gold ladder. So we're in <laughs> we're in like, you know, place 80 something now out of 100. Yeah. So we're, we're <laughs> slowly moving up, but we were holding up the rear for a while. So I was reading an interesting thing about this. Yep. Uh, about the gold ladder? Mm, shut up. Whoa! Uh, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> Sorry. Scoops. <laughs> So what was the interesting thing? That you uh, have you ever have you ever seen the? There's a blog called I think psychologyofgames.com. I think so, no. um, it's written by I think a guy named Jamie Madigan. Um, oh yeah, I know Jamie Madigan. Yeah. Okay, so not personally, but yeah, but I mean he I think he you know has a degree in psychology or is a psychology grad student or something and writes about how psychology relates to video game stuff. And uh, one of the things that he wrote recently was about how essentially I forget what the phenomenon was called, but that there is an actual known phenomenon that is like what we've talked about with StarCraft 2 or like Street Fighter or something where the more games in a row you win, the less likely you are to win the next one because it has a direct mm. effect on oh, how really? you play. Yeah. Where it just it, it basically... You get more confidence and in, in kind of that kind of thing. I, I think it's actually more along the lines of you start to like be more... Uh, kind of stressed out about it you know like uh, you, that's you, definitely yeah yeah but, but i mean you, the you stakes you, get higher you're pressing your luck basically by yeah I, and it's it's that whole idea of um you know flow and being in the zone right. and kind of like doing well because you're not thinking Please about pronounce it. the name of the man who proposed flow theory i don't even know the name oh, okay. of the man. i forget like, i'm sorry it's like 85 letters and most yeah. of them are consonants right he's like it. polish or something <laughs> yeah. right? i just wanted to see if you sorry know. i don't even that's remember fine. his name i well sure i don't either that's pronounce it uh but um yeah, where it's basically like you just start paying attention to stuff you don't need to be paying attention to because you're just so focused on right. wanting to win, you know, yeah. whereas the more relaxed you are, the more likely you are to win. And that's the state you're in when the stakes are lower. So anyway, yeah. Well, th there's definitely something, I mean, and that definitely applies in different ways. So that that's the main reason I play 2v2 with Nick is because, so when Nick, um, Nick was, like our schedules don't always overlap. Like, you know, when I was at PAX, we... Just fell on the ladder because you I wasn't there to play. You spent all of PAX then... lamenting that you weren't playing StarCraft. <laughs> I may have lamented it a few times. Uh, but, oh, but then when I, I got back... I could be playing the, StarCraft uh... 2 instead of the social <laughs> special event. Fuck you. <laughs> Why do I have to keep playing Marble Madness? <laughs> Why, do you keep... Why are you still talking, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, so um, not a PAX anymore. Either. Yeah, I know. I don't know why I'm saying those things. But Marvel Madness is weird. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, actually, the reason I was the reason I was bummed at PAX is because literally, like, the hour an hour after I left for the airport, Blizzard reset the ladder. So that was when oh, all the placement I games see. were starting and people were getting places. Mm. So I left right at the time when it was like the one time when we when the ladder actually starts fresh and everything. But anyway, so whatever I, um, then after getting back from PAX there, a couple days later, Nick was doing something or other. And so he wasn't able to play that evening. And, uh, and I played some single player games for the first time in like a month, probably. And that was 100% what you're describing. Like I won my first two games. And then after winning two games in a row, I was like, literally my heart was fucking pounding. Like I was so yeah. more stressed out than I can remember being, 
in my life at any time in recent memory. Yeah. And uh, I lost my next game and it was like the biggest relief. And then after that, <laughs> I went on to win my next game after that. And then what's funny is so what, how, how it works is you play five placement matches and then you're placed in a ladder. And after went, like after completing my fourth placement game, I did not have the nerve to play the fifth one and be placed. <laughs> and so I haven't played single players since then. Or not single player, but 1v1. Yeah. And but what the, that that is the stress of of competitive StarCraft is mitigated by about a thousand percent by playing with oh a partner. yeah like yeah. it's just because you have someone well, you're who can, not solely responsible exactly for if you, you win, fuck yeah. up you, you can they can help you out and vice versa yeah and you start developing a rapport and it's it's yeah. it's I mean, much it's, less insane it's it's just an interesting psychological phenomenon is, where yeah. where like the actual core issue as far as I've read about it is not necess- is the result of you being stressed out which is just that you try to use your conscious mind to overcome the problem more than normal you know and so when you're stressed out you're just like focusing a lot but i mean it it extends to i've i've read other stuff about like for instance accuracy like people in like Mm, shooting contests or like uh you know uh, archery contests or whatever they did sort of studies where it's like one person intentionally tries to you know concentrate very much on exactly where their shot is going to land Uh versus someone else just sort of does it by muscle memory and the harder oh, someone's yeah. trying to concentrate on being accurate, the less accurate yeah. they are. That's totally you know? true. Yeah. And it's just sort of what kind of stressors put you in that state. It can be anything, you know, and in this case, it's just, oh man, I don't want to fuck it up because <laughs> yeah. we're about to play. No, it's true. And, and, and there are, there are definitely direct analogs to what you're describing with things like aim. I mean, stuff like practicing your build orders and, you know, just, just having familiarity with the units. I mean, the more you're, you're thinking about when, you know, Starcraft is all about, counters basically like starcraft is a game about countering what your opponent's doing in a very direct way so when he's building this type of unit it's important that you counter with another kind of unit and so as a result of that it's very much about intelligence and scouting and the less you have to consciously weigh in your mind this unit versus that unit the better you'll do like the more that the more instinct driven that is like the less you will start actually consciously devoting you know, brain cycles to Too fucking thinking, yourself. oh my God, that guy's building stalkers. Why do I need to build a counter that? Yeah. Like once you have played a number of games and you, you internalize that and you stop being so straightforward and thinking about it, 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 the game becomes a lot less stressful, but it's easy to fall back onto your haunches and start yeah. like digging in and thinking too hard. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting how it just, it seems that as a principle kind of like having split attention is actually superior yeah. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whatever form that takes you know like if you're listening to music and you're concentrating half on the music and half on what's going on yeah you know or well, whatever you know <laughs> that reminds me of something i read about starcraft strategy years ago when i was playing starcraft one and i was reading about you know people like really high level this was written by a really high level player and he was saying if you're going to listen to music listen to the starcraft music because it's it's the, the that music is written in such a way that it's that there's like a melody to it and you can sort of follow it, but it's very like easily absorbed into your brain. Like it's a very specific mix of, of like ambient and melodic. And it's like the right balance of not being too distracting, but also Feeds kind of having a, a grounding yeah. there for you. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's, and it's, I, I'm sure that was deliberate on Blizzard's part, but the guy was like, basically like, if you don't have music that suits that exact goal, just listen to the Starcraft music because that's what it's for. And it works. And I, I that was interesting to me that somebody had like actually yeah. assigned that to in-game performance. <clears throat> well, I mean, it's, it's similar to just like listening to like classical music. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So Starcraft is fun. It's a fun game. Or like a musical 
It's not really like a musical. Oh, it's like listening to a musical. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. That's probably the best thing to do when you're doing anything that requires uh, concentration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. I know a game you've been playing, Jake. Yeah. You I played don't. a fucking video game, Jake. I saw it on your Xbox. Yeah, but it's your game. Yeah. <laughs> well, you so you played on PC and Xbox now? Well, I guess no. I saw it on your. You saw you your saw me playing on a profile. live on a yes. live system, a live enabled. Yeah. Oh, oh, I game. see. But I, I saw it on my Xbox. You were playing it on your computer system. That's the magic of Game for Windows Live. I actually, I actually <laughs> saw it on Xbox.com, and that's how I sent oh, you a text <laughs> message. <Worst. laughs> you were just browsing Xbox.com and saw that I was playing a game. Yeah, and so I oh. sent you a message through Xbox.com to your Windows Live account apparently you've pleased allard yeah exactly <laughs> the <laughs> eyes of like allard a microsoft crinkled with a smile <laughs> xbox.com is pretty good it is it is good it's it's better for stuff like managing your friends list than actual yeah, xbox and sending a message yeah, yeah. uh games for windows live is shit for that because if you're not true. in a game you can't <laughs> send one it's only got a well you can from xbox.com hilariously you can go to the xbox website and send a games for windows live message might be stupid yeah it's garbage your game uses it yeah I just wanted to know what you thought about the game, if you had any thoughts. I'm not any further along than I was. I finished Popper's Drop and my train crashed. Yeah, but I mean, that's further along than you were last time we were talking on a podcast. <laughs> so like three, three oh, really? weeks ago, Jake has achieved 20 minutes of yeah, game. Like, oh, that's right. It's yeah, like the same level oh, yeah, was Because you had picked up Jackie Rodkins Jake, when we had you were the... Horrible, oh, that's right. By the way. I forgot. <laughs> Fuck off. You went in a weird hallway. That's all I know. I love that hallway. Which hallway? The hallway in Popper's Drop that's dark and there's a flashlight. Oh, okay, I'm really yes. happy. Yeah. I liked it. It turned into the Twilight Zone for three seconds. <laughs> Spoilers! Meow. And I didn't kill the lady. That's fine. If you don't want to. Do you guys you have, have stats to. on that? Do you track that somehow? Uh, I mean, there's a secret achievement for if you don't kill anyone. So... If we, you don't kill any... I got that achievement. Any of the story characters or the little sisters. Okay. Spoilers, that's a secret achievement in Bioshock 2 that you could have looked up on GameFAQs if you wanted. But, uh, yeah, so I guess we know how we many... We looked it up for you on GameFAQs.com. Yeah, but that one requires you to complete the game yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um, I'm just sort of... We don't... I don't think Jake's we... Jake's a long way away from that. No, but yeah. I mean, I just... I, it's... We, we, aren't, we aren't using any of the software that tracks things deeper than achievements. Okay. Like, there, there is stuff like that that they have for like halo and stuff i mean not just halo but yeah, a number Val of Val more Val cutting edge games yeah. yeah are using what is it xlsp or something like that where they can do where, metrics where, monitoring yeah where they can they can track way more stuff than achievements and they can do like silent just like data update like balance patch stuff without having to issue a title update and stuff like that. i think that stuff's going to be more uh common in the yeah, future for sure, yeah but that is not part of our infrastructure so no we don't know how many people i'm always, did or didn't I'm always kill the curious lady. about that stuff now that i know that game companies track that sort of information yeah i killed the lady because she was in my level <laughs> i was like get out of my level i'll shoot you and then you did because i can yeah but i got the I game got lets you leveled up security bots followed me around for a while that's true which is pretty sweet they were my buds i must say anyway that game was played for about a half hour and then some guy blew up my train which was garbage yeah, I stopped playing. This after is just that. The, apparently every comment here is just a spoiler. We're not <laughs> we're not talking about the game. So did you kill the lady? My train blew up. I went through a hallway. It was like the Twilight Zone. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what? This is horrible. Sorry, we don't need to have any of this in the episode. 
video games. Well, I you were yeah, addressed. That's, that's you. Oh, hello, it's me, video games. <laughs> hey! That's me turning on. Hi, everybody. I was made of tape. Hello. Well, what? That's me? Hey! <laughs> I think so. It's me, games. Isn't that what you sound like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. It's pretty accurate to yourself. That's well, true. Reader mail? Well, I, I played another game. Fuck! <laughs> Sorry, I know you hate games and people playing. God damn it. I hate video games. That's that guy. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I hate Steve Gaynor. Mm. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I love you. Oh. <laughs> it's a weird podcast. <laughs> you're, you're a weird guy, and it's this true. podcast is your fucking fault. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what does that Whoa. mean? You created this. Yeah. You bought these microphones. What, we're in your goddamn apartment. You have no one but yourself to blame for this Jake's travesty. Idea too. I don't think it was. It was. It was equally Jake and my No, idea. Jake just went along with it because he wanted you to be happy, Chris. Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry that we have... This is an intervention. Yeah, this... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Our readers are here to say that you have a problem and they're not going to well, let you keep going on what, this I way. do too many podcasts? I think our readers would disagree with that. <laughs> Your problem is that podcasts. Okay, just in general. You're, yeah. you're yeah. addicted to casts. I am. I don't know. Your cast lust. <laughs> I guess that's true. I guess I have cast lust. Sweet. If, if, if you want to participate in this intervention, write into questions on idlethumbs.net. <laughs> Tell Chris what his fucking problem is. Oh, Tell this Chris. inbox is going to be horrible it's for like, a week. More songs. We need to put more songs in the podcast. <laughs> oh, don't give them ideas. So you played a fucking game. I did. I, so, Chris, you played a video game. So, what game did you play, Chris? I started playing Neptune's Pride, which is a browser-based space strategy game. It just sounds like a wow. Bioshock level. It is by a guy who made Bioshock. Oh. And some other dudes, I think, who also worked on Bioshock. Neptune's Bounty was a Bioshock. That's true. Game. Yeah. Uh, it's by, uh, what is it, Iron Helmet Games? Yeah, I believe so. I think, yeah. Something Helmet. I think Iron Helmet. Uh, it's game Helmet? Game. Video Game Helmet. Games. Uh, <laughs> games. Studio. Uh, so some guys formerly of Irrational, I think Irrational Australia specifically, um, uh, have made a company that is focused on kind of old school space strategy games, or old school strategy games, and the first one is space. And uh, it <laughs> sounds like your kind of game. So yes, yeah, for sure. It's, it's really interesting. It's a browser-based real-time game, but it's, the In time space. scale is incredibly, is incredibly long. So once, even though it's real-time, one cycle of the game takes about 24 hours. And so everything, you, you can kind of sign in and give orders at any time, and the game just keeps chugging along slowly. So it's persistent slowly. even when you're not exactly, opening yeah. it. And so a game takes, you know, multiple days or weeks or months even to play, depending on, you know, the settings you, you choose and, and the speed of the game you set and everything. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like a like a 4X game, like, uh, you know, Masters of Orion or, yeah, yeah. or Star Control or something. It seems like but it's definitely in, influenced by But in by a those. long-term, slow, real-time, yeah. And uh, it's really interesting. I, I've only played, you know, I, the game, I started playing a game with some dudes from the internet. And, nice, um, nice. Yep, yeah, the internet. And actually, Nick is in the game too. Um, Nick is one of the dudes in the game. Ah. And uh, by the way, I wanted to say congratulations to Nick. Oh yeah. Was there Fuck anything else you wanted? To oh oh. <laughs> uh, please carry on. Um. So I I started playing it about twelve hours ago, and so so it's going on right now. It is going on right yet. now. Things started happening. I I finished researching my first technology. Uh, about 
two or, <laughs> two or three hours ago. So my ships are faster now. Nice. Um, now they're only going to take 18 hours to get to another <laughs> yeah, star. I, th- I think I think my first ship will actually is probably probably arriving at the star around now. Have you oh. acquired Neptune's bounty? I have not yet secured his bounty. But that's not in this game. Oh. oh, I mean his kingdom. No, that's the that's pride, the, that's pride. the mini golf at Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. I'm already I, I'm already imbued with. I want to go there. Pride. You want to go to Neptune's kingdom? Yeah, do some mini golf down at Santa Cruz Boardwalk. Yeah, they got laser tag. I never been done laser tag there. They have a nice arcade. Yeah, their laser tag is shit though. Is it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. I'm not that surprised. Neptune's pride, however, is what you're talking about. So are you yes. proud of it, Chris? I I I, I contain Neptune's pride. Um, yes. It's, it's interesting though. I don't, I don't entirely know what any of my decisions mean yet because... That's how it is in space. That, that's, that is how it is in space. That's the rules of space. No one knows. No one knows anything. Um, but I'm curious to see how it'll play out. Next time we do a podcast, a lot of things will have happened and I can say what they are. (laughs) Next time we do a podcast, (laughs) three things will have happened. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but it's, it seems like one of those games where it, it will reach a point where everyone starts actually interacting with each other and people are getting in battles over star systems and your technologies are upgrading. Like the, the thing is right when it starts, everything you're doing, every single action in the game is starting from square one at the same time. But obviously different things take different amounts of times to do. So the longer the game goes on, the more things are starting and stopping at overlapping points instead of all at the same time. So I don't know how really that plays out yet, but I'm curious to see the, what is the graphical presentation of this game. It's a kind of 2D like map view. Mm, like so, a map. Like it's flash based. It's like a, it's it's like like a star. Uh, so like sort of vector star chart. Lines yeah, it's all, it's all vector stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's nice and simple and what, what you need it to be basically. What you, what you need when you need it. What you, what you want when you need what. Yes. Reader mail? Sure. Wait, I actually. No, I didn't. Uh, what do you, what do you guys mail. think about Facebook games? I have never played one. No. I played Scrabble for a while. Yeah. I played that zombie Facebook game. What's that called? Or what uh, is it about? Zombies. Zombies? Mm. That was the... It's not Zombie Wars or Zombie Town or Zombieville. No, it was... <laughs> it was no, the, the one that everyone played that made them move games and apps onto a second page. Oh, which was that the now one been that defeated. made me stop using Facebook entirely yeah. because my entire feed was... You've been fucking, bitten by a zombie. Here's a zombie. Have a zombie. I bought you a gift in zombie game. Zombie bite. Yeah, but... <laughs> zombie goodbye? Was bite. Oh, okay. Zombie goodbye. Zombie goodbye. Zombie goodbye. Zombie goodbye. Zombie goodbye was the single, the hit single that was attached to this game. <laughs> I just have this weird feeling like it makes me... Like, I feel... I almost feel like the games that are the ones I like the most are kind of becoming an endangered species. Where, like, single-player immersive games are the main thing that I'm into. and they But they cost so much, and they have so little inherent connectivity and kind of like saleability on those same lines is like even the kinds of games i normally like to play a lot of them are now like inherently co-op based to the point where it's hard to actually fully enjoy them if you don't have at least one other person to play them Mm -hmm. with i don't know it's just a strange feeling that i have because so much is like if you're not making facebook games people are still like looking at facebook integration and social everything and it's like i don't know I, I tend to play games more the way that you like read a book, you know, where it's like I want to sit down and concentrate on it and have it be a contained thing. I don't know. It's it's yeah. strange to see things going in that direction because it, it, it makes me wonder if like it's a strange world where the kinds of games that have kind of defined the cutting edge and the, the most 
whatever, you know, high profile uh, gaming experiences for the last 10, 15, 20 years could almost become dinosaurs the way that flight sims, you know, that were really big and expensive have or. Yeah, you no, know, I was just I was just going to say, like, like, if you feel like the games you like are endangered, then any game that isn't the most successful within the console arena those people, including me, have been, like, have been feeling endangered for a long time. Like any remotely complicated strategy game or tactics-driven thing or like yeah. anything basically that isn't a game where you're a guy who runs around yeah. on the kind of high-end PC and console space, those things have been endangered for a long time. But, the, the thing, but the, I know what you're the, saying. Yeah. Though, this and, GDC those, especially freaked out a lot of people yeah, uh, yeah. because so, of that. Because of yeah. all the, the, yeah, the Facebook people were out in full force. This was the first GDC year where those people were out in full force with already a proven year of success whereas last year a lot of people were talking about that stuff right facebook, this is the year where like facebook the... has 90 million users yeah or 85 or whatever i mean fucking a lot of millions yeah yeah so no, it's 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 strange to me because it, feel, it, it feels like things that it. are like intentionally single player period just like no co-op no right. competitive no twitter or facebook integration or anything are, like, but are, you can are, tell your Twitter friends how far you are in Uncharted 2. Uh, are, are like headed towards being a, a pretty specific niche, you yeah, know, where it's yeah. just like no connectivity. This is a thing you do by yourself and you feel like you're in a world, you know, experiencing it I would, firsthand. I would personally it's not. Interesting. Yeah, I no, I, I agree. And that's that is the kind of game I play the most overall. And, um, and it's not like those things aren't still profitable. No, I mean, exactly, you look at games but, like, for instance, you know, Mass Effect 2 f right. did really well. And I, you know, critically and I assume in sales and that's that's why you don't probably know. don't have much to worry about because yeah. those are still like the but, but it also, the, the it also people seems who all, like, like the people who already yeah. enjoy those games aren't going to stop existing that's my point there might be lots of other people who don't enjoy those games who do enjoy facebook games but someone who enjoys playing mass effect 2 is probably like you i don't think they're suddenly going to yeah. disappear like well the, but i, the I think five they kind million of slowly disappear who, i mean i think, think so? i think it's kind of similar to like the japanese game market you know where it's sort of like they constant like you know for the most part has concentrated on like their core of like japanese fans and that fan base has just deteriorated over well, time without also, being that's, replaced you know i think those are that's but i think what that's more like particular design approaches as opposed to the general notion of kind of an in-depth single player experience like yeah. i i don't think that the market for that has shrunk that much it's just transferred to be more heavily western rather than japanese yeah maybe um, i think that market has a chance of going away over like if you if you want to measure this in like you know the single player high budget games have been the thing that that games are like you said for about 20 years but if you look 20 years into the future probably there's a good well, chance that won't be the case at all okay so do you think that like dramatic television is going to go away in the face of reality tv since you can get 30 million people watching dancing with the stars which is more than you can get for pretty much any dramatic program which costs a lot more to make I mean, do you, do you think this? I mean, no, but I think I think games are in flux more, and I think people's interest in them is still a weird sort of transient thing. Uh, you'll end up getting a generation of people who grew up on like a DS and Facebook more more so than us who grew up on a Nintendo and a PC. And, yeah, and well, I don't so, know. So, I don't why, know how so why do is. why do those people growing up take pre like you know what I mean? Like if we've already had generations of people growing up on this, like doesn't that imply that the people growing up on Facebook or whatever, like that's equally well? I, I think that generally potentially. Well, I mean, but, but I think that the the maybe, fall off, yeah. the, the generational fall off, I think is a real thing where it's like the people from prior generations 
bit by bit tend not to play as much stuff you know and like the younger generation is going to be the ones making up the core of we buy x number we spend x number of dollars per week on this thing and it's going to be higher than the guys who are now like 40 or 50 and half-life one is part of their upbringing or whatever you that know? could be although the biggest audience for social games at least in the united states is people who are on the older side um, yeah people in yeah. their teens do not play a lot of social games yeah um there there might be like a really specific teenage girl demographic of a certain type that plays a lot of that okay. stuff, but the the great majority of it is older females, usually in their 40s and 50s. I, I don't think that it's a huge threat. I don't think single-player games are actually going to shift a whole lot. I, I would but put... It, yeah. it, it was... I mean, some well. There's going to be some degree of change. Obviously, this yeah. is evidenced from what happened at GDC. I just, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, well, no and, and I mean, even like if you look at social gaming and Facebook stuff and whatever as one poll. Like, I mean, even pulling closer in, just like co-op being almost an expectation, and that being of of like a big, you know, expensive yeah. game, and that being kind of a slippery slope towards like, well, now the single player experience is diminished because we expect you to be playing this co-op i mean right. i've played a number of, right, right, of co-op right. based games yeah where it's like uh i don't have any of my friends online right now and i paid money for this and i want to play it and kind of feel immersed in it and oh this isn't fun unless you have and another even person. even among the hardcore gamer community there is sort of a meme of like co-op automatically makes anything better yeah which, which is, on some level is true in but some also, cases is true but also know. can ruin a game that otherwise would have been best served at least for the single player yeah. component you know um i so i don't know it, I, it, it I just seems also, like it could go towards being a, a pretty sp a niche you yeah. know and, and i will say though that yeah. i would not be entirely averse to that like no outside I don't either, of but it's outside like, of some video of this games stuff is like, like like sorry i i just think that some some inherent yeah. like aspects of these kinds of games require maybe not but a certain level of you know like just money and team yeah. size right, to actually right. carry off something like this i mean i guess if you could this is, this is being retain, the author of game noir the classic blog post uh, yeah, yeah. You're selling if, yourself out here if, if you could maintain fidelity and scale overall scope then i guess you know you could do the same thing with less money in a smaller team i mean i think I that'll know. start to become more true when you look i mean i don't know the stuff that smaller and smaller teams are doing now is kind of mind-blowing but um even as kind of mainstream game industry teams balloon constantly. But uh, I, 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 like, I wouldn't be all that broken up if the kinds, if that type of game that I enjoy became a bit more of a niche target. I mean, when I look outside of video games, most of the stuff that I enjoy, be it, be it movies or books or uh, whatever, television, like most of the stuff that I enjoy is the stuff that isn't the yeah. big, like centerpiece marquee titles. You yeah, know, most yeah. of it's the stuff that, has some like decent awareness behind it, but isn't like the absolute blockbuster akin to yeah. you know like a Modern Warfare two launch. Yeah. Like the, equi I mean, yeah, the equivalent we've... of that in the movie world is usually not what I care about. Yeah, I mean we both like Mad Men or whatever you know like the, the thing... kind of stuff that is good but is not the biggest. Right. The thing that's always going to be tough in games though is if you want a world, that's the most expensive thing you can make in a game is a big explorable world. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing that you get for free, uh, or at least for cheap. Or you can imply a lot more easily in a TV show because you don't have to show the parts that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, it's true, and I and I think that something like GTA will probably always continue to be that huge marquee thing because that is a game that is more relatable, I think, than a lot of video games, and that might be what's necessary if you're going to make a huge big budget thing as opposed to some weird wacky sci-fi shenanigan, you know, what I mean? like or not. I don't know. I mean, I guess sci-fi movies are getting bigger all the time these days, 
but um you know i i would be happy if if games of that scale were sort of big expensive exceptions and there were a lot of games with more controlled scope yeah that weren't always expected to outdo each other yeah. every year with yeah because I, yeah, I mean on some level it seems like having no network connectivity is potentially part of scoping where it's yeah. like okay we're a small team we're going to make something that's very focused on the single player experience of the world we're going to save on our feature set and everything by not having to have network programmers or debug any of that I think stuff or that's the whatever. sort of thing that we're going to end up seeing i mean i'm always dumb optimist guy about this sort of thing uh where I expect change to eventually come back around, where I feel like um, as more and more people are playing games on uh, just sort of more like embedded or embedded systems or... or uh, just cross-platform stuff in general. Where, yeah, yeah. It, it seems like when the potential fidelity for a lot of those systems comes back up, those are all very solitary devices. Things like, um, I mean portable computers and things that everyone loves talking about this week like the fucking ipad uh your favorite device i i'm so excited for that stupid thing but what whatever whatever things are are uh uh the 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 shift in hardware that seems to be going on right now uh for in terms of personal stuff is is connected to the internet in that in in social in that way but it's there's seems to be less and less of a focus on people packing in front of a television yeah and Hopefully, it's, it's more like you hold the device that you were yeah, personally. Yeah, and I using. think if if those things get evolve into a way that you can actually have some fidelity uh, of control and nice art, you might end up with an audience sort of looped back around that is looking for solitary interactive experiences. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's I mean, that's a crazy. Connect, just yeah. I'm that guy on the In podcast the future, who just yeah. said that stupid shit. Sorry. Yeah, but it's also um, connected to to the on it. This is not the same point really, but it's related to it. The notion that theoretically, sometime we might have game formats that are not entirely proprietary, at least not in the sense that they are now, where every other possible form of mass media entertainment that exists today can be converted or viewed on any type yeah. of device because well, that's the reason people discreet. want an iPad is that you can it's another way that you can listen to all of the music right. you have and read your books. Right. But games are the one thing right. where that's just completely impossible. Uh, everything has to be discreetly developed for but with a particular live, platform. <laughs> well, yeah, online, yeah, no, online is an example of of how you you breach that barrier. Man, did those guys shoot themselves in the foot with that pricing? God. What was the pricing? You pay for a subscription and then you buy games off the marketplace on top of that. Wow, how much are those things? I think the subscription was, I think it was fifteen uh -huh. a month, and then I think games were five to ten bucks. Jesus. That's I mean that's not a I mean, lot. I guess that's, that's not a lot, except that you're not buying. Except anything. that you don't own anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you're buying a license to play it, right? But sort of. I mean. Yeah. The model that they used to get everyone excited uh, about it was it's like Netflix streaming, but for games. Mm, but instead, yeah. it's like, well, it's actually like uh, the like iPhone apps. The it's like the iPhone app store, but it's all in the cloud. You don't even get a file that you can <clears throat> tote around with you. Yeah. It's weird. Hmm. Games. But yeah, it seems like the two potential outcomes are either what I would think of as more positive, where it's like people get a smaller, more diverse, uh, or I mean, a more diverse uh, market of smaller, you know, less just sort of like mass appeal single player games that are these more contained projects, or... There are no single player games except the most gigantic blockbusters yeah, that, that can get funded go, because yeah. they right. know that they can sure make bets. $100 yeah, million yeah. Dollars off of them. Right? No, it's true. And I, and I think that, you know, that is to an extent how Hollywood works if you're interested in a certain kind of movie. You know, but I, the, the thing that's nice about 
the thing, well, I don't know. The thing that's hypothetically something that might be appealing to me is that once you, you get rid of, of, I don't know. I guess, I guess the way I see it is sort of if you take the spotlight off of that segment of games, there might be more freedom not to have to live up to yeah. ridiculous expectations. Yeah. Where, where it's, where it's just like, we are not, uh, we, yeah, we're we're not even in the running to be like the premier form of video game anymore. Right. So we're going to speak directly to the people who are still interested in this exactly, secondary yeah. form in ways that just have fewer, you know, yeah. less oversight, fewer dependencies, et cetera. Yep. The the the, th- the tough thing, obviously, as we've already said, is that video games are so much more technology dependent than most. Yeah, it's forms weird of to think about that. That just nothing is free in a game. Yeah. Like with a book. People can read your, anything. They people want, can read yeah. your words with a camera. You can take a picture of something and it's there. Yeah, sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Games. Are Unless difficult. we move back to FMV and text adventures, then yeah. Oh man, you know it was funny. I was mm. at um, this this weekend was uh, WonderCon in here in San Francisco, which is just some lame nerd convention. I mean, like, <laughs> whoa! I don't know. I thought it was kind of lame, but that's just me. Um, but you uh, shared a bathroom but, with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> So you watched uh, Nicolas Cage pee. Well, okay. So Whoa, I, that's what I heard. What, Jake? You're outraged after that? After you said I shared a bathroom with him, and now you're outraged. Oh, I remember that- you washed hands next to him. Oh no, that's next not to his happened. penis. <laughs> <laughs> so I was in a hotel room in. Uh, oh, this, this was is like good. while one. <laughs> this cat is getting better. No, by this the is second. not a good story. That's the problem. It's a goofy, weird short story that does not have an amazing punchline. So I was. Uh, <laughs> Where's I was that timpani a- guy? Oh man, he died. We already determined that. Oh, yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> he did. I was getting ready to Fuckers. interview Jerry Bruckheimer, and I was in a hotel room. <laughs> what is wrong with you? And, what? And I was hanging Why are you out. interviewing Jerry Just lame, stupid thing. Anyway, was, I was in this room. <laughs> this was like Hilarious. taking place at the same time WonderCon was, but it was in a hotel, whereas WonderCon is in a convention. So you were center. sharing a hotel room with Jerry Bruckheimer. Uh, Jerry Bruckheimer wasn't there at the time. Nicholas Cage and Jordan Mechner? Uh, none of those people were simultaneously in the room at the same time ever. Oh, were you talking to Jerry Bruckheimer because he's producing the Prince yes. of Persia movie? Okay. Yes. No, because right. he's a listener. To, he's an Adolphin reader. <laughs> hey, Jerry. And so, uh, when I was in this room waiting, Nicolas Cage just, like, opened the door, walked in the room, and just, like, with a dour expression on his face, walked into the bathroom, and he never came out. Like, I was in there for, like, another 20 or 30 minutes, and, that, like, he was just there. So... That guy had some stuff to take care of. Also, it looks like he he is trying to bleach his hair to be the color of his skin because he's got it's weird he's a weird looking dude at the moment. He's got long bleached weird hair and he's Nicolas Cage and he looks weird. Does he does he look like Lynch from Kane and Lynch? Um Sort of, except he doesn't have the big bald spot. Mm. Yeah. Did you did you read about that? Uh, Kane and Lynch, they're making a movie of it? Yeah, and like Jamie Foxx is playing one of them? Jamie Foxx is playing Lynch. That's, Jamie Foxx so as weird. pudgy, bald, mulleted, white, white man. psychopath. Is he going to be white or is he going to be black? No, it's just going to be him. And it, and, oh, okay, uh, and, okay. and So they're changing the character. Yeah, okay. and Bruce Willis is playing Kane. Okay. Uh, so it's Bruce Willis and Jamie Foxx. See, sort of being Kane and Lynch. I mean, Bruce is Willis is be a like way a better comedy sta- buddy action. I don't, like, I don't know. I mean, that that game was pretty fucking grim. It That's was what a I liked about it. Dark grim game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I the the yeah the thing I loved about that game was how like the entire thing was about Kane trying to fix stuff, and every mission was about how he just fucks it up worse <laughs> by doing that. And so, if the movie's about that, maybe it's interesting. Yeah. But maybe Jamie Fox instead of. <laughs> Lynch is odd. That is a weird, weird choice. Hey, there you go. 
Um, ready for that movie to? I mean, I wonder if he'll still be like a pill popping, you know, like schizophrenic. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe he is. the weird thing about video making games. video game movies is there's really no accountability to anything. Yeah, like there's no. I mean, yeah, it, it could be the equivalent of the fucking Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, exactly. Or just, yeah, or and like, it was. It was. Um, I, two guys shoot guns. We are going to call it Kane and Lynch. Da da da. Yeah, Who knows? probably. Um, but uh, I was talking. We were talking to. Um, uh, what's his name? Jerry Bruckheimer, and he was uh, hearing that guy's philosophy on. I don't know anything just <laughs> confirms why I'm not interested in movies he makes ever like it I don't know he's a super nice guy like he was it was really he was a really nice guy to talk to but it was really weird hearing the way he thinks about was things. he the guy that was responsible for the freaking Transformers movies that's Michael Bay Michael Bay Michael Bay I mean Michael Bay for They're the similar. longest time was the guy who would direct yeah, like, like Bruck- Jerry Bruckheimer produced. He produced movies. like Bad Boys Two, and he also produced more recently the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. But he basically, basically, m- movies where things blow up a thousand times are often traditionally produced by him and directed by Michael Bay. Why? Why is Bad Boys Two? <laughs> why do people not talk about Bad Boys One? Apparently, it's not as good. That's like Terminator Wait, Two really? is the one that is everyone. That the ter- everyone talks about Terminator <clears throat> Two, and no one talks about Terminator One. Some people talk about Terminator. Yeah, but most people talk about the. Two yeah, I, 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 I think everyone <clears throat> talk about Bad Boys Two. I've never heard yeah, anyone talk about Bad Boys Two is cited all the fucking time. Bad Boys. Too as cited what? frequently as like that movie. As, I, I think it just has way more like quotable slash. Hey, remember explosion? that scene? Yeah, that's also that's shit. like that's the movie with the two dudes walking away from an explosion as the poster. Like that. Yeah, it's that's mm-hmm. the iconic image from. And that one of them is, is Will Smith, dudes, and the other yeah. one is uh, Martin, Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was reading about this the other day because he referenced it. But I mean, did you watch? I like uh, how <laughs> did, did there are you... sure the people who listen to this podcast are like, "What the fuck is this? What are these?" I I read that Will Smith was in it because uh, I was researching. <laughs> Bad Boys 2. I, uh, well, the, it was mentioned. Did, did, you, did you watch I interviewed this man, Jerry Bruckheimer, and he mentioned his film. Well, no, the way he mentioned it was was hilarious because, so, okay, I've never seen Bad Boys, Bad Boys 2, but I've fucking heard of it. I know those movies yeah. exist. Well, I mean, you and saw Hot way, Fuzz, right? I did see Hot Fuzz. They made yeah. like half a million references to it. In okay, movie. well, I didn't know that, but now I do. Um, and they so put clips from they the show movie the fucking in poster <laughs> in the film and they say Bad Boy 2 classic. Anyway, right, whatever. Well, Chris, the, <laughs> he says that is weird. The way uh, the way that Bruckheimer, he was like, oh, we did this movie. It was called Bad Boys one time. And, uh, you know, it was a film that we did. And like every time he brings something up, he he like he's that fucking guy where he's like, yeah, we did this movie. Uh, Bad Boys. It was called it's called Bad Boys. And when he when we asked him about making a video game movie, he was like, um, yeah, well, uh, you know, people think you can't make a movie out of out of some things, but you can do it. I mean, we we made a movie out of a theme park ride, and then like five seconds later, it's like, oh, the Pirates of the Caribbean. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we fucking know. I know what I've heard of Bad Boys. I know Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, you don't need thanks, douche. Um, uh, but no, he's a nice guy for real. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Uh, this is the best. I love also, this. apparently, Beverly Hills Cop took ten years to make. He said, "So now you know from, that from fact. conception to yeah. shipping yeah. to completion." Because apparently, the way that Bruckheimer's scripts are written, he explained this to me. You have to. Apparently, there are very few people in Hollywood who can write a good screenplay, and so what you end up having to do to make a good movie, according to Jerry Bruckheimer, is you have someone write a draft, 
And then you bring someone else in to write humor into it. And then you bring someone else in to kind of get the structure. And then you bring someone else in to write a good female character. Then you bring someone else in to get the dialogue punchy. And then you, and apparently you just do this one by one. It's not like a, like a writing room or anything. It's like, yeah. you just bring people in and align for yeah. like years, yeah. which, and, and only like, what is it? Like the last three people that touch the script, get their names in the credits. I think it's, you, you have to have, you I, have to be able to take credit for X percent of the final yeah. script. Mm. Like Jordan Mechner is still, is still credited on, Sands of Time, even though he, his contribution was the original draft. Is he screenplay or is he story by or something? Oh, so you I can also know. end up getting yeah, that. Yeah, There's yeah. All, I remember reading about all those WGA rules one time, yeah. but yeah, I don't know which he is. But yeah, I, it was surprising. And, and so apparently sometimes this takes like six to ten years. Like Sands of Time, I guess, has been in the works for five or six years now. Yeah. So weird. Sweet. And then we talked to Jordan Mechner, who's actually a cool dude, who's really cool and yeah. smart. I've but really, he's a douche. Oh, no. <laughs> no, but he's cool, though. He's cool. Fucking douche. But he's nice. But I, no, seriously. I like him, though. Great guy. Great, great to work with. Cock fucking asshole. <laughs> so, st- stand up individual. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, Jordan Mechner, I have kind of come to realize that he is like one of the biggest kind of game design just masters. He's a lord. Uh, yeah, yeah no, he, he's a lord of lord. game design. And, and I really didn't realize it until the last couple of years when I started reading more of like his writing and interviews oh, yeah, all and stuff. All that stuff he puts up on his site and everything. Yeah, and but just in other interviews like uh, that interview that was on Gama Sutra with him and I think Michelle Eric, Ansel. Eric Chahi. Oh, Eric Chahi, right. Yeah. Um, and, and just like getting exposed to just like, holy shit, this guy yep. knows exactly what's up and yeah. like is really just kind of wise and pragmatic about mm-hmm. game design in Ways that, you know, I hadn't had as much ex- of exposure to just kind of his thinking on design until, you know, more of it had started going yeah. online recently, basically. And I'm, I'm, just I'm like, really wow. glad that that's happening because I've been a fan of that guy for like a decade now. Yeah. Or more. So I've guess. been really impressed. There have been multiple things that I've read that he's written. And I'm just like, yes, that is yep. the shit. And he should make more of the games. Yeah. And he's, it's he's working on it. He's working on a game right now. Yeah. Good. It's, it's stuff. It, it's stuff all the way between like, you know, like that interview that went up this year versus Stuff that I read from his journals from like, like 1989 when he's or one. something. Yeah, and right. I'm just like, yes, <laughs> yep. this guy knows everything. Not he's, really. He's but I mean, you know, yeah, he, no, he has his head in the right place as far as game design does. goes. And it's super impressive. And he's constantly doing other things. I mean, he obviously he wrote, you know, drafted a screenplay for a big Jerry Breckheimer movie. But he also, you know, has directed independent documentaries and written like graphic novels. And yeah. like he just does stuff all the time. Yeah, I mean, he's constantly he, doing things. He's like a world traveler and he like sketches yeah. his travels and stuff yep. like that. He apparently only started sketching a few years ago and he's actually really goddamn good at it. Yeah. Um but yeah he's cool and a polymath um, in our midst mayhap. Uh, he's apparently working <laughs> on, <laughs> I, I think I mentioned this to you Jake, but he's he's planning on bringing back the last express in some form, but probably not as a game. It should be like, a game though. <laughs> but I mean this I just want more Last Express. I do too, but the style and world of that yeah, game yeah, is no, also something good. that could really be successfully done as a lot of other things. And I, I, he, I but I but I wonder how interesting it would be if it was just a XYZ story, movie, whatever, set I on you, the I last. I also I would not complain if Jordan Mechner yeah. came over and said, So I'm gonna do a turn of the century uh mystery story on the Orient Express that's super heavily like Art Nouveau. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, Fine. Yeah, like that would be that's super interesting. As long as he's me. also making a sweet game somewhere yeah, else. At the it same it time. just doesn't seem like it at that point there's not a shit ton of differentiation from like an Agatha Christie novel or something. No, that is true. Yeah. But whatever. That guy can make that and I'll I'll consume it. Alright. Yep. I'll consume his train. <laughs> Will you? Uh, based fiction. 
Hmm. Well, good talking. Yeah. You want to look at a mail? Yeah, let's take a break and I'll get some mail queued up. See ya. Cast this is cast is over. Video game. And we're back. Reader mail. It's Jake. <laughs> Video games. Silence. So, uh, Larry LeBron writes, Hi, Tit P. What? Does it ever strike you as odd that a... <laughs> Every that single reader, that every Jake. single reader mail starts with one of one of you guys. Uh, that well, that's because you're the one reading it. Yeah. So you could do it here. Let me read it. <laughs> Give me that shit. All right. Yeah. Hi, tit p. Ugh. Does it ever strike you as odd that a conversation about combat systems, quote unquote, occurs for nearly every new game? Why do you believe that so many games feature combat as a core mechanic? Uh, what kinds of games do you think we'd see in an industry where combat was only as prevalent as it is in books and movies today? Thanks for all the everything. Um, Larry LeBron. What do you think, Chris? <clears throat> uh, I think that at the root Guns. of that is because I think it's because one of the easiest things to do is, you know, in terms of having an effect, like implementing a system or having an effect on something in a world is to remove it. Like that's one of the easiest things you can do to actually impact something and have player express agency. And I mean, that's what almost every board game is based on, you know, like it's, you know, you remove a piece or you capture something or whatever. I mean, like taking control away or making something disappear is like a very straightforward thing to do. Like, I mean, I even remember when, when I would program stupid shit in basic I would make a game where, you know, you're a little ship and you shoot a thing and then something disappears because that was all I could figure out to do. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like, at its core is behind a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, games are numbers. Video games are real-time representations. Therefore, they're capable of representing characters. Numbers plus characters is hit points do things to the that too. thing and take the numbers away and you have an effect, you know. And in 3D space put a box around the character, draw a line to it, see whether they intersect. You know, like, the, these are the most simple things that you can do interactively. You can take screenshots of the characters in some current games, though. That's the new the new thing. <laughs> what? You can use a camera instead of a gun. That's true. You can. You can draw you a line at them and then take a screenshot that looks and sees if the character is inside of your That's box. That's true, and sometimes you can do both at the same time, and you can see the guy who shot you in the head. <laughs> Team Fortress 2. Oh yeah, that's true. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, that's the that's the most basic. It's just it's like it's, it's the, the easiest, easiest thing one. you can yeah, do. It is the easiest one. Yeah. It's the mean, easiest thing that Chris, you can do to uh, create like constant, you know, engagement by yeah, the player. Yeah. No, I think Chris Hecker was the one who it's in a recent. I mean, other people have made this observation, but he basically sure said, uh, you know, the in a in a movie, what's the easiest thing to do? It's to have. To have a two still shot of two people talk talking yeah. in a room. What's the hardest thing to do in a video game? Basically that. What's the easiest thing in a video game? Shoot someone and they die. You know, guns, all kinds of stuff, explosions. Like, that's the easiest thing to do to a decent level of fidelity and have it be engaging. On the film side, that's something that requires a certain yeah. budget. and Way more investment. Like, special yeah, effects. Exactly. And, all kinds of yeah. things that... Technical people and right. everything else. And so there, there is a weird... And then, in a, you know, in a book, you can... Any fucking thing you possibly imagine, you can just write it down. And that's why cutscenes are so sweet. <laughs> Shoot a dude in the game, have two people talk in the cutscene. Perfect. Done. Nice. Ship it. Shipped. 
I just shipped that real quick. It was so easy to do that I just, after you said ship it, I did it. Thanks, Chris. No, yeah. You can you can buy my handiwork in any video game on a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's a tough problem. Um, it is. And, and, and I do think it's a problem. And a lot, Yeah, and a lot of times when you look at games that try to have alternate sorts of interactions, they are a reskinning of core combat mechanics. Right. You know, where it's yeah. like a social interaction between two characters. You're actually basically wearing down their, you know, hit points as in, in the form of like, you know, persuasion or yeah. something. You know, I mean, it's just, yeah. Yep. You're murdering them with persuasion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're psychologically murdering them to death. Murder. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's the, the, I think the, I think the biggest problem is, even beyond the obvious thing of just like all we can do is combat is basically all the only thing that we can do very well is physicality like that's also true yes. you know like e- even if even if it's not combat and you're like okay we're gonna make up mechanics that aren't combat it's gonna be about digging you know like it's always like yeah, right. it, it's gonna be about driving or about parachuting or yeah. about pushing you know, a block jumping yeah. around and <laughs> and it's like okay it's not shooting going, oh <laughs> yeah it's not going to be about a discourse of abstract ideas yeah uh you know and it's like all right why did you give me a sassy look when you said that because i love to look at you oh man you, guys you, go to you couldn't make a game about that yeah no i was uh i even and you know you mentioned the cutscene. i just made thing. your hit points go even, up <laughs> <laughs> it's all you know part of it too is 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 that oh, we're I still mean, go up persuasion <laughs> <laughs> part of it too is is even i think just like a technical fidelity issue where even in a cutscene, it's hard to sell human interaction a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, it's like there are very few. You don't like the the, the GTA mocap bro hug? <laughs> like well, the, the hands just like a thousand miles away from another guy? What? I'm, I'm acting it over <laughs> and over because it's my yeah. favorite. Anything thing. picking any anything up in a video game, terrible. Um, or arms what about interacting. holding hands in Ico? Come on. That, that one's actually, that that one's actually that's one, of the one of the nicer examples. ones. Yeah. I know. Even, that's like, just, even that's the only example anyone Far Cry 2. Which, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that game's all about hands, but there's still like the wacky attachment leg where you pick up ammo off of a, a thing yeah. and then it goes whoa, 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 and rubber bands into your hand. <laughs> it makes that sound. I don't know. That's <laughs> that odd, that odd creative that choice. a lot less hand rubber banding than most games do. Really? That game yeah. was nothing well, for me, but, really. but hands going whomp and like ammo yeah. just like lagging off the shelf and then snapping oh, into oh, my oh, hand. Yeah, right. that in that stuff. sense, yes, Anywhere yes. that they could translate the player to the exact place they needed to be to grab a doorknob or whatever, it looked perfect. But anywhere yeah. where there was just right. something yeah, was yeah, in yeah. an arbitrary location and it would just slide yeah. towards you along. Yeah, like, it was wacky. Yeah. But, you know, I, think, I thought it was a fair approximation. Was it, it Crisis that did it like really carefully? Yeah. yeah. Crisis, like the hand would go out and like clamp onto the yeah, thing yeah. and take it i mean the, also like that costs so much the original looks like, really good though yeah. yeah and the goddamn the original fucking hitman game in oh, the year yeah, 2000 right. yeah like the one of the like at the time i the was year 2000 uh hitman <laughs> it uh I was super enamored of that game, and a lot of it was just because it had all of this interesting, immersive technology that was almost used nowhere else at the time. I mean, it had, like, full interactive ragdolls that you could move around and stuff. Almost never done at that point. It had, like, full cloth and, like, uh, plant sim, you know, so you could, like, walk against a curtain and it would actually curve over yeah, Hitman right. and stuff. And it had, if there was a thing on the table and you went to pick it up, his hand would actually 
reach out dynamically and like IK to it and pick it up and put it in his pocket, like each individual item. I don't know. That stuff is crazy. Yeah. And people don't invest in that stuff now. <laughs> a lot of times, yep. you know, uh, strange little evolutionary That's, dead ends. It is still unfortunately expensive to do reliably. Yeah. Unless no. you're playing like orb world where everything yeah. is an orb. Yeah. 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 Walking yeah. upstairs, which is like a basic IK function, like yeah. is still it's expensive not expensive to do it in a nice way. I know. I'm just saying. Your like, foot up one stair and on the other one yeah. and then the player starts turning around and then like knees. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. If, you know. Yeah. No. It's the game had full real, real time reflections. It had glass that broke like into individual triangles of itself that were actually pieces of the pain that's that motherfucking hitman 2000 yeah Wild. that's probably what it was called that was Wild his code name it had, it, it had a bullet decals where you would shoot a guy really rare at the time maybe i mean you saw it in like golden eye but like whatever i don't know crazy crazy weird game to get published and turn into like a long-running yeah. series and the first game was not well received at all as no i, I mean like the, the the first game was really hit and miss it had some really yeah. amazing levels that even then they were hard to you know you had to like get through the weird stuff to get to it uh the good stuff but there's so much potential there i'm glad that it turned into blood money eventually we yeah. should go to the second reader email go for yeah. it <laughs> read it right. this is chris, a really this chris is a really read quick, it quick question for me oh, will you read it please uh, duck cubed writes um topic followed by obligatory fan fawning the new theme song starts with a few seconds of a guitar strum ladder thing i don't know music terminology uh it leads me to think blah 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 uh, does that series of notes have a name? I was hoping to find more songs with that sound, and I can just really quickly answer this. That's called an arpeggio. Uh, so now you know. Is there is is that particular chord like a specific arpeggio? No, it's just a just an E chord. It's nothing nothing too special. It's an E arpeggio. Yep, it's an arpeggiated E chord. An arpeggio is when you have a chord, but you play the notes in quick succession instead of all at once. Uh, so that was that arpeggiated um, E chord. That's the answer to your questions at idlethumbs.net. There might question. be an E7 chord. I don't even remember. That's how stupid I am. Oh. Matthew Wasik writes, Hey there, Boost Scoops and Games. Um, oh, weird. Okay, this is another music question. Hey, Chris. It's why an don't arpeggio. You, why don't your songs ever include a drum track? <laughs> is this a personal preference, a limitation of software, or something else? Are you allergic to drum machines, snuggle bum, PS? Uh, the Ultra Boost track includes drums. Uh, yeah, it does. PS Take Nick isn't so bad. Um, so, Take yes. That. The answer is... I love drums and I love playing drums, but I can't play drums in an apartment, so I don't put drums in my songs and I don't like drum machines. Um, the only exception is the Ultra Boost track, yeah, which is like a very electronic yeah. thing in the first place. So. Well, but you have the you have the crazy expensive drum rocker. rock band yeah, thing. And can I was you really, use that to do synth? You drums? can, and I was hoping to, but it's a shit drum set, so I mm. don't. Yeah. Right. I just and I just don't like synthesized drums. Like I I would rather not have drums than have shit synthesized drums mm. so i know there's like a software you can use that has yeah, live good drums sounding samples so fucking and good stuff, though, but compared yeah to I, even good samples yeah, yeah. And, and also i like actually playing the drums and it bums me out if i have to just use some sample instead of getting to do it myself so mm. i just don't use them all right um that's the answer to that question uh, let's see what else we have um maybe about video games Instead of about you and your music. Roy <laughs> Roy Hampton. Wow, this guy starts almost the same way. Hey, Boost Video Games and Scoops. I have a question <laughs> it's an arpeggio. For, <laughs> I have a question for you all that I will get to by means of a... Oh, my God. By means of a drawn-up but relevant Far Cry 2 story. Uh, I might try to condense this. Um, so Here, Let me read it. <laughs> I don't know why. You want it? I liked reading the other one. You want to read it? I don't know. Sure. I'll okay. try to condense it's it. It's really long. Try to condense I'll it. I'll try to condense it. Okay. Um, all right. Whew. Um, <laughs> that yeah. was the first word. All right. 
It included a pronunciation <laughs> he, guide. He starts with, whoo, uh... Back catalog decided yes. Okay. I was playing an early mission when my roommate decided to watch the game over my shoulder. This is Far Cry 2. Just reminding everyone. Far Cry 2. Far, Far Cry, Cry 2. 2. Far Cry 2. Uh, Far Cry 3. In in an attempt to get my roommate to stop playing WoW, I decided to hype the game Boost Remo style by mentioning how your in-game friends save you when you're knocked down. Uh, so therefore, I let myself get killed, and sure enough, a buddy shows up and fixes me. Another jeep load of angry men shows up, and a firefight ensues. I jump into a mounted gun on my jeep and lay waste to, and lay waste as my buddy decided to take cover down the bottom of a deep ditch next to the road. At the end of it, I'm badly hurt but alive. Um, so my roommate asks, "Can you kill your friend?" Unsure, I decided to creep the jeep closer to the edge of the ditch, tilting it down so I can aim the mounted gun at him. Sure enough, I can. My buddy dies after a couple hits to the head, and my roommate laughs hard as I feel guilty for my actions. Uh, <laughs> I like that sentence. <laughs> my roommate laughs hard as I feel guilty for my actions. <laughs> I get out of the jeep and rush down to the dead body. Not sure why. I guess I thought I could help him back up, but I couldn't. Uh, as I look at his lifeless body, I hear the sounds of a rolling vehicle. I turn around to see my Jeep hurtling towards me. It turns out, in trying to get a better shot at my now dead buddy, I left the Jeep on too much of an angle. Unable to move out of the way in time, I was crushed by my own Jeep. <laughs> Having only one bar of health, I died from the impact. My roommate laughed hysterically and asked, what now? Uh, I said my buddy should come and save... Oh shit. <laughs> the words game over appeared. My roommate walked off laughing, still not sold on the game. Uh, this brings me to my question. Have you guys ever tried to show a friend a game that you're really into only to have the game let you down at the exact moment you needed it to be awesome? Um, yes. How Have, have <laughs> Again, any of you ever experienced this, or is it just me? Keep up the good work. P.S. My roommate also blew up Megaton in Fallout 3. Seems to enjoy being a prick. Uh, he's nice in real life, however. So, good job, Steve. Um... Yeah, that was long. I apologize. I couldn't it's do anything. Story, it's a good story, though. Also, the funny thing to me is that I've heard stories like that from people before, and that's the exact stuff that makes me love Far Cry 2. So yeah. whenever people are like, and that's why this game's bullshit, I'm like, what? What are you talking about? This is that's You just amazing. described the best thing. <laughs> that's you, 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 you actually derived a real authentic anecdote from yeah. this thing that you could tell me. Like, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, what were you going to so say, Jake? Jake? Jake I hear that amazing it, experience. I hear a no, game fucking like let someone... you down. No, it's not amazing, but... Oh, no, I think... I think it's incredible i had a, I had a housemate uh when gamecube was out we played through all of mario sunshine together like ridiculously uh, a lot and this is amazing galaxy is a way That's better a game than story. sunshine in oh, my opinion oh. uh and i tried to show it to him like just in the last few months he came up to Sanderfeld to visit it's like oh man you're gonna fucking love mario galaxy because we played sunshine so much and then uh he really wanted to start from the beginning and the first world of Mario Galaxy is kind of garbage compared to all the parts in the game uh, that make it actually the most amazing thing. So like, he thought he, you just, just run like, oh, around on the ground. He's and like, like, oh, wait, you just chase this rabbit around? Oh, what is this pill? <laughs> this isn't... Uh, I thought it was going to be... Uh, and it's like, <laughs> Okay, well, that's too bad. <laughs> Have I ever told the story on the podcast where my dad saw me playing... Um, on my Game Boy, The Legend of Zelda uh, Link's Awakening. I think so, but I And I was so, in a swamp at the time, the and he's like, oh, I see. So the object of this game is to navigate through this maze. And it was like <laughs> one screen. Of this, like, he, my dad is so unfamiliar with yeah. like anything. He was, you know, born before a certain year. And, um, and uh, like, 
there was no way I could pop, like, like uh, uh, convey uh, what this means. I'm an of, epic like, hero. Like, yeah, no, I know, but I mean, that's what it, like, oh, well, this is one segment of a swap within the world of Hyrule, and I have to save, <laughs> um, complete a quest, and it's like, what the, f- how am I supposed to ever explain right, just, it? Like, I, I assure you it's good and not this. Well, because to my dad, a game is not like a story. A game is like, the you, thing you're seeing on the screen right now is like Pac-Man or yeah, something. Yeah, and you get to right. I don't even think he knows Pac-Man. Like you but get to like, like you obviously you know, you're on this the screen of this. This is like game. a maze game. You know, right. it's like yeah. you go through the maze. I like that I see the point of this game is to navigate out of this maze. Right, exactly. No. I, was, you might be seeing the wrong thing. Yeah. Well, it's true. There was a maze part. Yeah. Was there actually a maze? Oh, it's the it swamp maze. It was like, you know, you've got to push a rock and oh, like yeah, open. Yeah. But I don't even think he was aware of that. I think he literally thought it was like the kind of maze you do like with a pencil and a newspaper and you'd trace to the end of it. And oh, okay. Here is an interactive version that you right. walk. To the, I yeah, mean, I yeah. think that's what he thought right, it was. Right, right, right. Um, it's a maze master. So this was the moment when a game let me down. And I was trying to sell my dad on The Legend of Zelda yeah, I've, I've got Awakening, a, and it just I've, didn't work. I've got a good dad being unimpressed with a video game story. Yeah. Well, see, my dad uh, was impressed with it. That was, oh, okay. oh, maze. Like, oh, I see. You navigate through this maze. My dad was unimpressed. Okay. Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, the best story. Yeah. I, I, it, was, <laughs> it was not long after I started working on Bioshock 2, and my dad came to visit San Francisco. And this may partially be my fault, because we probably walked all around the city in Alcatraz and shit that day uh but then that evening i was like hey let me play the demo of bioshock one for you to demonstrate it because here's the game i'm working on a sequel to um so i'm like all right so i get on the xbox and my dad's sitting on the couch next to me i start playing it and you know i i mean as as someone who was only a fan of it at the time like the demo for bioshock is fucking amazing like the opening of that game incredible is just it draws you into that world so much and uh so so you know i started up and i'm I'm kind of doing you know the tour guide version where i'm looking at all the interesting stuff and kind of going through it and hearing everything and all that and so you know go down in the bathosphere <laughs> get into the city story. my dad hasn't said anything the whole time he's just sitting there silently next to me watching it and i just keep going and i like you know the, the whole crazy thing goes with a chick that you know kills the guy with the hooks and then you come out and you see the shutters open you're looking at the city and everything i just keep going through my dad's totally silent uh, i get the you know the 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 first plasmid you know and it goes through that whole thing where you know guys are walking by and the tunnel collapses and everything my dad just doesn't say anything and uh, i get into the first time that you meet a splicer you know and you have to fight him with like uh electrobolt you know um and I and you know I do the whole thing and I zap him and whack him and uh, he dies and it's one of the the guys that internally is called Toasty he's the guy that has like the bandage around his head you know and I kill him and then I turn to exit through the door and another Toasty is there and he jumps out to attack me and my dad goes that's the same guy <laughs> <laughs> and I'm that's just the gonna... first thing he said yes. in this entire epic experience of like descending this underwater city and, 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 is and the same NPC model is yeah. the same guy. <laughs> and, and I'm like, yep, yeah, uh, it is. It's right. It's the same kind of guy. And then I play through the whole rest of the thing. It's not actually the same guy, though, but it, it's you know, the same it looks kind like of guy. It's the same kind yeah. of same class. Of- well, he has the same voice and everything. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, he is the same guy. <laughs> and then, yeah, I play through the whole rest of the thing. Big Daddy defending the little sister, everything. Dad doesn't say anything. I finish it. He's just like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> That is oh, my, my favorite video game story ever. <laughs> That's the same guy. Yep. <laughs> what? 
He noticed. That's an incredible thing. Oh. Uh, That's like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great observation for multiple reasons. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's the kind of one thing of which that, is just because it's hilarious. Yeah. And also, the other is that yeah. it just shows you the kinds of things that we are totally blind to and just accept right. as right. video game players. It's yeah. like, yeah, guys will probably look the same sometimes, yeah. but your dad sees it and it's just like you saw, you know, Harrison Ford twice in the same movie. <laughs> or you saw you Harrison know? Ford kill an identical guy twice. In the, like, yeah. you know, he just punched out a dude yeah. and then immediately That's the same the exact Nazi. Same guy. It, like, Indiana yeah, Jones right. or something. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I fucking love that shit. It's so funny to me. It's the worst. Got any more reader mail? Oh, I don't know, maybe. You don't have to, it's fine. We can just end on that depressing note. <laughs> we should we should go out on top. This is our being our last episode. Oh, here's um, a story. This is something we have not addressed since this is gonna be a the five previous episode idle set. thumbs. So basically, um, plus a conference. What the hell was? This, is this the official greeting this week? Justin Richardson writes, "Hey, boost scoops and video games." Remember how I told you that the nicknames are oversaturated and you didn't? Believe well, no, me? it's because that was at the top of the Phaedrus poster. Famous no, was there it's as well. No, we, it's because we spent the last three weeks just going boost scoops, famous video games, famous boost scoops, boost 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 and scoops. And I don't boost. think we really did that. Oh my god, go listen to the episode from GDC. I don't like to listen. Okay. Anyway, so this Can you guy, just read the fucking mail boost? Yeah, so um, he says, uh, I came to discover your excellent website a year ago and have listened to all the podcasts, and I thought I knew everything that there was to know about Idle Thumbs. But a couple days ago, I was going through a- he found the secret site. I was going through a thread on the f- official forums, and I stumbled across a link to the old Idle Thumbs website, which I didn't even know existed. There's an incredible amount of content on the site. I'm now realizing how little I know about the history of Idle Thumbs. Could you give a quick, quick summary of how Idle Thumbs came to be? How did you guys create the site? How did Chris, Jake, Nick, Chris, Jake, Nick, and Steve meet, and how has it changed? Thanks, thumbs. Love the podcast, Justin R. And he how, has is Babby wizard form? how is Babby form? So, <laughs> the reason I wanted through this email is because um, yeah, anyone who started Nixon listening Mojo. to Idle Thumbs on the new The Idle Thumbs podcast probably doesn't know anything about right. AdventureGamers.net. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if we have to go back that far. We don't have far. to go back it that far, but we can. It's not really relevant. NixonMojo.com. Yeah. Basically, some of us, like Jake and me and Merrick, Bronstring, BM Bronstring. Bronstring, Mark Bronstring. And uh, James Spafford, who now works for Media Molecule. And some other dudes, Ben Andak. Ben Andak, and like a bunch of dudes. Um, guys guys from both sides of the pond. About half of them are from the UK, and you guys kind of knew each other through these through various, classic adventure gaming websites, websites, websites yeah. that you had. Dorky news on, sites so. on the interwebs. Yeah. I said interweb, you heard me. Fuck my life. In like, <laughs> in <laughs> like 2000, uh, 2002 or three. 2003, I guess. The site started in 2004. Yeah, but we were. But I mean, did it? Yeah, it, we, we. I guess it went live in early 2004. Yeah, we thought of it. Fascinating. The, here's the here's the fact with a date. E3 2003. Some of us said we should make a website, uh, and then we opened it a year later. At E3 2004. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. It was E3 2004. Mm. Yeah. Yep. And then you guys had a website named IdleThumbs.net that instead of being about point-and-click adventure games or whatever, it was like a all general video, games. video game yeah, it was because site. We all liked we all adventure games when the internet started, and then, yeah, we games. got sick yeah. of them, and now I make them. Um, <laughs> but uh, Funny how that works. Yeah. After, it was like 2007 or eight. Uh, for various reasons, we all either got jobs or hated each other. Well, I mean, and so, so just to interject my own stupid ass self, oh, Steve showed I, up I joined in like oh, 2005. Yeah. One of the earliest emails I still have on my idlethumbs.net account is from a Stephen Gaynor who was writing to us wanting to write for Idle Thumbs. 
Yep. Yeah, like that was right after we covered E3 2005, which was the year of the most content on the site. Probably. Yeah, 2005 yeah. was the golden age of Idle Thumbs. Yeah, I basically I I found the link to it on the Double Fine homepage because you mm. were on the yeah, sidebar. Tim linked to us in the sidebar, which was the yeah, best. and so I clicked on that and started finding what I thought were pretty interesting uh, newses. Well, m- more Artic- of the articles. More, more yeah, articles the articles, probably, yeah. like, like sort of Sorry, the I was editorial stuff. All text as newses in that sense. Yeah, the editorials were were interesting, and I had just finished uh, doing my three issues of a print zine about video games in Portland, and I kind of wanted to continue writing about games somewhere that didn't cost me money uh, <laughs> to print, <laughs> to, to print yeah. and everything else. Uh, and so, yeah, so I found you guys, and it seemed like a cool place to write editorial kind of stuff about games. And then in two thousand seven, it closed again. Or closed, and then in two thousand eight, we made a podcast. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Was it also really there that was longer? there was a Jesus. brief existence of the original Idle Thumb podcast by Merrick and Spaff. Yeah. So this is that was the extended history of Idle Thumbs. Yeah. If you there go, was a newspaper at some point. Yeah. Hey, we made it. Well, yeah. If you go to old.idlethumbs.net, you can. You can't even. That doesn't work. You have to go to old.idlethumbs.net. No, that works. Slash you have to scroll down to the subsection. bottom and click the features link. But then it'll try to hard code it back to www. Then you have to switch that back to old. Yeah, and then why don't we work. just change those links? I don't know. Wouldn't that take I'd about have to log minutes? into old that out of thumbs that yeah. No, I mean the ones on the front page. Just put old in them. They're not on the front page right now. The current No, if you scroll down to the bottom of the front page. <laughs> it's not page. there. It's because nobody oh. wants to read this shit. All right. Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway, so. So that's what happened with a website one time. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, remember when I said we're going to go out on top with that next email? We got to read one more of these. Or, or this is the worst. I don't know if I have any more queued up. Idle, thumbs, idle, idle thumbs is great. Dot net. <laughs> idle well, thumbs is email. great dot net. Who wrote that email? I don't know. Oh, I that, that, was... that, that guy that bought idle thumbs is great dot net and put a splash <laughs> image on exists. it. It probably will now. Vigivigivigi.com. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Websites. It's still around. Yeah, is it? Yeah. Ultra Boost. Video games. That's oh. you. I hate everything. <laughs> oh, here. Here's an email. Okay, good. K3D9S7 writes, Dear Jake, message from Big Dog. Your discussion about me and my fellow big dogs inspired me to create this illustration for you. I wasn't sure whether your other phobias include insects, clowns, or heights, so I included all three of them. Enjoy. Love Those big are, in dog. fact, the things that I hate. <laughs> really? This is terrible. P.S. After you go to sleep tonight, I'm going to adapt you through a ghost hole. And then <laughs> he includes these three, like, big dog cartoons, which I'll put up on the blog. I'm actually fine with insects, but I'm not a big fan of arachnids. <laughs> Oh, well, the clown big dog is the worst. The, actually, the big dog with a ladder for a yeah, head. Yeah, that's the, the fear of amazing. heights big dog. is big dog with a ladder attached to oh, it. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. also, that clown like, big dog is the grossest thing. You have to link to um to the guy's Jake Hates the Big Dog remix. Oh, yeah. Someone made a weird audio mix of yeah. a big dog includes, discussion. It includes Steve's laugh and making a bee sound effect, and it includes me talking about how they hate the big dog. It's the best. Yep. On that note, Video games. Thanks for being the best. Write a question to questions.idlethumbs.net. Or dial 55-Y-Ramo. <laughs> or that. Or make a good... Oh, yeah, we should listen to those sometime. Yeah, I know. I listened to a couple of them, but I didn't listen to all of them. Was it just people going, wizard? There's one guy who kept like writing into us that. for days asking us to help him move his apartment. And then someone wrote in an email and was like, my friend 
keeps calling you about it moving and you're not reading it ever so you should or like playing it <laughs> so i guess those guys really want attention so some dude called us asking to help move his apartment so that happened so nope. i hope you're happy guy video games grabbing peels don't you sorry <laughs> his name is grabbing peels <laughs> We got Grabbin' Peels here. <laughs> what? Grabbin' Peels the second. <laughs> no, ah, uh, you unplugged him oh, from sorry. his cyborg companion. Uh, well, I think okay. you mean familiar. His cyborg, his familiar. cyborg familiar. This episode could be called His Cyborg Familiar. <laughs> That's also the name of a, like, cyberpunk fantasy novel. Yeah, I yeah. know. That's it definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the cyber wizard. It would involve a cyber wizard. Yeah. A cyber lord, for sure. Well, yeah. That might be the antagonist. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, I thought the cyber wizard would be villainous as well. You can't have no. a, The no, cyber I, wizard I, is good? I think the cyber wizard is sort of the mentor of the young, inexperienced protagonist mm. who is learning the powers of cyber wizardry to defeat the cyber lord. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dark cyber lord. Right, dark cyber lord, yeah. Yeah, because there's black... The, wizard is his, the cyber wizard is his counterpart. But good, you know, the... Balance. He's a nice wizard. Well, yeah. they once <laughs> a nice know, wizard. They they once nice, yeah. they once worked together to rule the kingdom, you know, benevolently. They brought about great change. And then the cyber lord grabbed for dark power. Yeah, that's probably what happened. The cyber wizard is in exile. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the cyber the cyber lord rules the yes throne. Dark cyber lord. Throne. Yeah, he looks yeah. like that space. Marine sitting on a sitting on his throne, throne. <laughs> the ultimate lord. What? Yeah. You haven't seen that picture, the lord. I'm you know, sure of. You know all about lords. I know about you. lords, but I haven't seen this picture of a lord. It's, it's a space marine. It's the lord. ultimate lord. Oh, it's a pretty sweet lord. Let me find this lord. I'm well aware of lords. <laughs> I don't actually know how to find it other than look at your tweets. Do a Google image search for lord. <laughs> space marine throne. Lord. <laughs> That's probably his name. That probably would come up in a Google search. A Google image search. I don't think Lord is actually going to help him. <laughs> now that I think about it. Space Marine.